0: This is Diogo and welcome to episode 6 of Diogo Quit Smoking podcast. Episode 6, however, is not the 6th episode from this podcast. I have passed the 1 month smoke-free mark. That's right, 1 month has gone by already. And I decided to give you a little treat. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the special episode with the tips that if I could have had them 1 month ago... It probably uh, made my life a little bit easier. Uh, If you want to quit smoking like me, I'm sure you'll find some of them helpful. Pick the ones that mostly adapt to your situation, of course, and good luck keeping strong. My completed one month was actually on Wednesday, the 25th. Uh, That was the day that I decided to quit in October. However, due to technical complications, I could only post it on the audio platforms overnight from Wednesday to Thursday here in the UK. For some people that are hearing from other places, it was late night or I mean, maybe even morning already, depending from where you're listening, of course. These uh, technical issues were related to my podcast main host, uh, the one that then distributes to all the other uh, audio platforms. That was down for a considerable amount of time. However, on YouTube, it was possible to listen to it as soon as it was ready because there were really no problems there and it's not connected to the main platform and it's already different... um, it's already a different format it's not audio it's it's a video it's just audio there but it's a video file anyway <laughs> uh, well uh now that we got over that uh so far i realized that i have never actually announced uh, time to publish i have in my mind the idea that i have recorded all the episodes except the special one of course on sunday I do what you could call some minor editing. Basically, I listen to it now. As I told you before, I add that intro that I call the mission song as it looks very army related and uh, precedes the mission uh, I'm explaining you about that I signed myself for um, one month ago. And then I post it straight away. Generally, that process um, starts mid-afternoon, and I post late in the afternoon or early in the evening. And this was all to get where ah the time uh, to publish it. The thing is, uh, when I thought about it, it looked presumptuous to me. Uh, I don't know if you share the same idea. For me, when somebody releases an episode from a podcast, I know which day it is out and then I listen when I can. Uh, I'm not usually with my phone in one hand, biting the nails of the other, uh, instant- insist insistently waiting for a new episode to be available. But, I mean, that's just me. I don't know. This is my experience, uh, but please tell me what you guys think. Um... If you want, I can commit to an hour and always post the episode at that time. No problem at all. Meanwhile, uh, it seems like this upcoming week, the lockdown will be over. Everybody back to work. And now they are telling us that we are going to experience a third wave and the consequent third lockdown. Maybe. Nobody knows. But usually where there is smoke, you know, uh, my question is because I have questions and this is my podcast, therefore, at least through this platform, I'm entitled to make them. Wasn't there a vaccine available to the extent that a lot of people already made money from it by selling shares or whatever? And now you guys tell me, Diogo, you're dumb. Um, it takes time to vaccinate everybody and to produce it and so and so. However, What matters is to vaccinate a specific part of the population, am I right? Uh, The one that has a way greater risk to die in case they get the virus. Am I wrong on this one? The essential part of this is, why don't we have a government that really informs people? Like, why does the government doesn't just say the vaccine is going to be available from day X, we will start to vaccinate y amount of people that are most are more at risk and this process will take z amount of time i have these questions because you can't expect very nice results from just going on google and typing why does the government don't provide all the information people need on this pandemic well (laughs) i give you that maybe too big of a search uh, some might say Um, i think It is just vital that sooner than later, uh, business owners and the general public can plan their lives. Not for tomorrow, but for a little bit longer. Uh, I don't even think that (laughs) people with Carpe Diem tattoos are happy now, if actually they know what that means anyway. Um, It is vital that at least after almost one year, everybody has a clue about when they will be able to get back to business as usual or back to business at all. Everybody's living day by day with a lot of unanswered questions. And then it's easy for people with weaker minds to start believing in conspiracy theories. Like people that were denying even the existence of the virus now are saying that the vaccines are on hold for economical reasons. Like, in what do you even believe or don't like? do you think there is a virus out there or it's all a lie what if you want to theorize like crazy at least be coherent about it i think i don't think that's too much to ask like well now that i took this off my back how was your week actually uh was everything all right did you make some friends in the park Do you already have new exercise mates? Is your dog already tired of being walked because you take him out so many times that just to justify getting out of the same four walls you see every day? Um, I mean, mine was great. Uh, I went to university because they didn't close shop. Although my course leader got COVID, I suppose. He's just sick for a long time, so... Unless he traveled and authorized and contracted another virus. Considering the amount of time he's out, he must be infected with yours favorite, I think. Um, I don't have classes with him though, so I got it covered on that department. Um, One less chance to get it. However, I take the tube to go to uni. And the thing is, how is the control of the amount of people allowed in the tube not done? I say not done because evidently, contrary to when you take the bus where there is a limit to people and the drivers who are already generally assholes have the the perfect justification to don't stop as much and life goes on and people feel safe in the tube is like every man for himself. It depends. If you're lucky to don't think like or don't be forced to travel with the masses, you're fine. If not, you are most likely to be in danger. Why are there two weights and two measures? I don't know, but I will search it on Google and let you know next week. Um, well, apart from COVID, that become became the most tiring phenomenon. That seems like that in every conversation we have the bug in, on our shoulders. Uh, this week we got... The sad news that Diego Maradona died. Diego was the guy that made his name so famous that when I tell people that my name is Diogo, they insist on calling me his. Anyway, I don't even want to go into the thing of people putting it on social media like they played together or have even seen him play. Um, (laughs) Or that people post that they are so sad because of his death. And um, in the next story, they are making a campaign for Toys R Us with a big smile and the brightest of colors. Well, at least this time, I didn't see anybody saying that they were in shock. It was 60, but I at least haven't seen anybody that surprised. Um, What I wanted to say is that for me, I understand this news, but... To me it makes absolutely no difference Uh, for me it was always that drug addict that used to play really well no and look i'm saying drug addicts not like it is a negative thing you can do whatever you like really from what i know he was never stealing to feed his addiction and there are a lot of drug addicts in our society that just because their doctors prescribe them they like to put themselves on a superior ground and actually can't go through life without having an opiate or a couple drag down their throats every day. Uh, still about Diego. Uh, I've never even seen him play apart from some nice plays when some player now does something similar. Somebody always pops up the memory trunk and goes deep to recoup that sensational play uh, done most likely when I wasn't even born um, I really like football I don't think his behavior was ever the behavior expected of an athlete of that sport but probably he didn't know any better and you know what if something I'm happy for him he was an idol a superstar he parted a lot and died young imagine the coefficient of of happiness of his life. People can argue that if you do drugs it is because you feel incomplete but they say that while they put sugar in their coffee every day. Point is we all feel incomplete in this society. We He lived his life though like a king and died young. To be honest I don't see anything wrong with that.
1: Uh,
0: you don't get ...to the stage in which you need people to clean your poop or clean you in general. Uh, You don't get to that stage in which you are a dependent, useless baby that can't do anything by himself. Should we prolong our life expectancy that much to get to that stage? Well, I'll just leave the question here, you guys can think about it. Uh, Truth be told that when a celebrity dies, there's always a big wave of commotion... Diego was an example of that uh, with the amount of people that wanted to pay his last respects close to his body. Um, Have you ever felt like that? Um, A lot of people felt it with Emmy Winehouse, uh, for instance, or Kurt Cobain, both on the 27 Club. It's always sad when we see people that we let into our lives just die with so much potential left to be explored. I've only felt that with Nipsey Hussle actually. I really like rap music and Nipsey was always part of my playlist. I always had present um, one way or another that he was very into giving back to his community. Of course I might be wrong but from all the demonstrations of love that he got after his death uh, I really think that he was a very nice guy and it is very sad at least for me when I see a good soul departing this world unannounced and stupidly hurly there is that thing that when people die they are always good people right everybody has always fucking loved them first that's impossible and then how small of an existence of don't demonstrating your opinion over nothing you need to have to generate this level of consensus. With the extremism of nowadays and in this either you are with us or against us mentality, it might be that we are not going to listen to this very often in the future. And it's not a bad thing that you seek peace in your life to the point that you repulse the discomfort of providing your opinion it just doesn't cut it for me and in this case my opinion is that Mr. Hustle um, was really a good guy and that it is extremely sad he left us so soon well since we are talking about dead people I wanted to bring here the following subjects uh It is a finding to see a series that maintains the quality throughout the seasons. I think we can all agree on that. Usually uh, you have a first season that if it is successful, uh, they will try to squeeze it until they can, in some cases doing a good job. But for the large majority, from my experience, I would say the level of care is lost from season three. I'm bringing you this subject because one of the things that is easy for a writer to do is to bring commonly accepted ideas that most people don't tend to dispute. Well, think about this idea. When people die and someone says, oh, I couldn't even say goodbye, or oh, uh, I should have said I was sorry. Does this make sense to you? For me, it's like, if she's dead... Uh, probably she isn't concerned anymore if you apologized or said goodbye shouldn't make that much difference in her life because her life just handed bye-bye finito and of course you can add the spiritual side to it fine i'll give you that so two options then either she found infinite happiness and in that case i doubt the goodbye somebody didn't say or the apology somebody forgot to give will become the wrinkle in a beautiful symmetric face that will bother her eternal existence or if she found eternal damnation in that case between the whips and that close to cremation intense heat I doubt somebody will stop two seconds to think about that missing conversation. If there is no spiritual side involved, it also only makes sense if, in fact, it's a selfish thing, right? It's, a, it's about something that you need to get out of your chest to feel whole. At least until you forgot. you forget anyway but this concept is for me impossible to talk about without taking it to the ridiculous side of the question how can you even know that <laughs> it is time to say goodbye there are really only very specific situations in which the doctor says get the family together grandma is about to go and when this happens uh spirit uh if that's something departed already if not what would a conversation like that look like? Somebody saying goodbye and waiting for the other one to die? Re- I really don't get it. Anyway, changing the subject because I feel it was too much time talking about dead people already for a podcast that isn't sponsored by a Funeral Home. I was speaking with a friend about situations in which people that smoke see themselves involved and i wanted to share that here with you and give you my take on something uh he still smokes and it was really impressive for me to realize that some of the things we discussed aren't even on my mind anymore at all just ludicrous i one of the things we talked about was that obviously smoking after eating is a thing however Sometimes the food is so bad that you are eating with the anxiety of going to smoke. Uh, In these situations, I don't even think it's a physical dependence that acts on us or anything. This is like, I want this situation to be over so bad that I want to pass to the next stage of my life that invariably will be smoking. Of course we were talking about this from the perspective of the routine side of smoking and it is a logical thing to remind ourselves that it is often that we smoke by routine or to avoid other routines and that that isn't exclusive from smoking actually Uh, you can apply it to eating so you eat when you're hungry when you aren't aren't hungry actually uh, just because it is a routine and you might end up losing the perception of what is really being hungry and what's not in your everyday life just like smoking um i don't know if every time i wanted to smoke i really wanted it or was embraced in routine of social in a routine or in the routine or social conventions going back uh Going for a night out and in a time and place in which you can, you could smoke inside the club with no problems. Um, Like you are drinking and it feels nice to have a cigarette with it. But your mouth tastes like music papers already and you surpassed your ideal dose of cigarettes for the day by another pack. Uh, You already spent more money than you should have. Does it really still make sense? Actually, these were the times that on the next morning, I mostly felt like quitting. My throat was like burning my day on its own. It's like just a terrible feeling. Another thing I find uh, relevant to talk to you about is the relation between quitting smoking and putting on some weight. I'll start by providing some news because (laughs) there are a lot of people that are still not informed about how these things work. So first of all, you gain weight if you eat more calories than you consume. Naturally, in 24 hours, you will spend some calories to be alive. You spend more or less depending on your lifestyle. Therefore, it's not just because you quit smoking that you will start automatically putting on weight. There is no correlation between one and the other as far as I know. Now, some people say that when you quit, your sense of taste gets back to normal. I think that means that whoever smokes can taste food the same way other people can. Well, from my experience, I really didn't see it. I have an app to quit smoking and think it was like and I think it was like after only two weeks or something, it was saying I got back my sense of smell and my sense of taste. I honestly think nothing changed and I'm not taking more pleasure from eating than I was taking before. I appreciate eating and having a very addictive personality. I often tend to eat too much. Um, I'm a big guy and when my life is more active, I tend to maintain or lose weight. And when I'm in lockdown, like now, I think I gained some, however, not actually related to with quitting smoking. I think the bottom line is that if you quit smoking and start eating more to compensate for the addiction you have just lost... You'll probably put on some weight, unless you start exercising or something that will allow you to lose more calories than you would normally lose. If you quit smoking and eat exactly uh, what you used to eat before, you maintain the same lifestyle, you shouldn't see any difference from previous patterns. And um, I think that's it for today. Uh, if you have the patience to have some more content uh, polluting your Instagram or Twitter feeds, follow the handle uh, Duke from the pod. Same for Patreon. If of course you have the financial availability to spend two pounds a month and I think my content is worth it. and you think my content is worth it. I think it's worth it, but it's really up to you. Uh, Thank you so much for listening and until next Sunday, goodbye.